Or it's time to talk employment law, my friend. It's always time for employment law. If you have questions about severance and employment law, possibly you're looking at a package in front of you now going, I don't know if this is right. Uh, Lior, by the way, can give you a quick assessment here as we do the show over the next hour. one 821 5900 also a number to call, or Lior at employmenthour.com. You want to drop him an email. Uh, not only now, but anytime. So uh, we always start every show with the week that was. How was it looking, or how did it look? Thanks, John, uh, and welcome to all our listeners. You know, we're now uh, airing in, here in Toronto and in Ottawa and Hamilton and places in between. So we're very happy to talk employment law. Everyone working should know some of the things we're talking about uh, today. So let's start with the week that, that, that was. I always like to mention a couple of stories, a couple of incidents that I saw this week that I think people can learn from because you exactly may be in the same situation yourself. So let's uh, talk about the first uh, matter. I got a call from this gentleman uh, this week. Uh, he uh, he just got let go in a very senior position, an executive position, and wa- wanted me to assess whether what he had been uh, paid, his, the severance that he was actually paid, was that, whether it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that he sent me was a copy of an employment agreement that he had signed. Uh, and that employment agreement provided for him for six months of severance. Uh, now, that agreement was signed on... Uh, April the 28th, 2009. Well, in, in looking at that, I looked, well, you know, that's a pretty good agreement. It was drafted really well, and if it was, in fact, effective, it would limit it to six months of severance. But then I looked closer at the dates. And even though the agreement was dated April the 28th, he had, in fact, started the job April the 1st. The contract even itself said, uh, well, you know, you, you, you took on this position starting April the 1st, so about uh, four weeks or so before he signed the contract. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that, I had a big smile on my face. And why did I have a smile? Because for a contract of employment to be enforceable, it has to be signed before employment starts, ah. okay? It has to be signed before, not later. In this case, it was signed about a month later. What does that mean, and why is that so important? It's important because in this case, the contract contained a term that tried to limit the amount of severance that he'd be owed. Because the contract was signed later, that meant that the contract was not enforceable. Therefore, that term in the contract was not enforceable. So he was not limited to six months. And in fact, I assessed him as being entitled to about 10 to 12 months of severance, wow. okay, based on his total compensation. And because his level of income was so high, the difference was a few hundred thousand dollars. My God. And, and all of that, all of that, John, had to do with the fact that he signed the contract on April the 28th and started working April the 1st. Huge, huge difference. And that's all that matters. And, and what's the lesson here? Well, for employers, the lesson is very easy. If you're going to have a contract of employment, you have to have an employee sign it before the employee starts working. Not on their first day, uh, not a month later, not a, whenever it's convenient. You have to have it signed before, otherwise it's not really going to be worth the paper it's written on. Mm-hmm. For employees, don't assume that just because the employer uh, says you're owed something or just because you signed something that ultimately it's enforceable. You have to get legal advice. In this case, the call, the one call that the gentleman made he found out, not knowing, not realizing, that it was worth several hundred thousand dollars. Now, it may not be several hundred thousand dollars for everyone because, you know, your level of income may be different. So maybe for someone it's going to be $40,000 instead of $400,000. It's all relative. Well, hey, $40,000, yeah. hey, you don't want to give it to me, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, it's still <laughs> right. a significant amount yeah. of money. So very, very important to remember that. Uh, the second uh, matter that I'll talk to you about Again, another call I received this week from uh, from uh, a lady who had worked as a private school teacher for the past fifteen years. Uh, worked straight, uh, you know, the, the usual school uh, months from uh, uh, September to June every year. Now, every single year, the employer, her, the, the private school, would give her a contract to sign, a new, brand new contract to sign, 
uh, and, uh, and then the next year, another contract and another contract every year. So over the 15 years, she'd signed 15 contracts, but she'd continued working. That was her full-time job. That's all she did. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward to this past uh, June or to this past summer, the employer decides, well, you're not going to come back in September. You're not going to sign a new contract of employment. Uh, and since you were on a one-year contract, we don't owe you any severance. Wrong. wrong. And as you like to say, a whole bowl of wrong. Yeah. And the reason why that's wrong is because once you engage in having someone sign all these repeated contracts year after year after year, they're of no value. They, the employee becomes a permanent employee. You can't assume, well, just because we had you sign a contract 15 times that we can end it at any time. A contract usually that keeps renewed can only really get renewed two or three times before it becomes irrelevant, before the employee becomes a full-time permanent employee. So because of that, she is entitled to severance based on her 15 years of service. She's probably looking at 16 to 18 months of compensation instead of zero, which is what her employer thought that they order. Huge. So again, remember, just because the employer makes you sign something or you do ultimately does not mean that it's enforceable. In many cases, it's not. The law uh, imposes conditions as to what is enforceable and what isn't. So you always need to get some legal advice on that point. This is why it's so important to uh, to call you, whether it's on the air, whether it's any time outside of show hours, because it could be that little golden nugget. You don't know. You go from nothing to 40000 bucks with a phone call, exactly. with an assessment. And I, and, and I want to make one thing clear. We're talking about amounts of money here, but it's not about, oh, my God, I got this money. It's great. I'm being greedy. It's not that. This money is important. It's probably the most important time for you to have this money because now you've lost your job. Yep. What do you do? How do you pay your bills? How do you support your family? How do you put your kids through school if you don't have a job? Well, that money, that severance is intended to carry you until you find that next job. Very important. We'll take a short break. Uh, Lior at employmenthour.com is the website and always one 821 5900 More of the Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. And you can call Lior outside at one 821 5900 love to hear from you. If you have uh, employment questions, severance questions, you can bring them on. I want to get to uh, finishing our discussion, which we touched on last week. We had so many phone calls, we just barely got to uh, get into the meat of termination without cause or clause. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, severance offer has a deadline. We had a phone call about that last week. Yeah, and, and you know every severance offer has a deadline. Always, always, always. Usually it's a few days after, a week after. Oftentimes it's a Friday. Uh, and it says you have to sign here to accept it or you don't get it. And most people, what happens when they see that deadline? Panic. They panic. They get very nervous. They get uh, very intimidated. Oh, my God, I have to accept this. This deadline's looming. It's coming up. Uh, what am I going to do with it? So, and, and people often call me very panicked. Lior, my deadline is tomorrow or today or it was yesterday. What happens? Uh, and what I tell these people is what I'm going to say right now is don't worry about it. Your legal rights don't expire on Friday. Mm-hmm. Your legal rights are what they are, and you have two years to pursue them. So uh, it, it's irrelevant. You don't have to accept or worry about this deadline. Oftentimes, uh, that deadline is just there to, to try to be there as, as, a, as a tactic to intimidate the individual, to make the employee feel like they have something to lose. So that deadline is irrelevant. Nothing happens on Friday if you don't accept it. Uh, What you need to do when you get your severance offer, rather than uh, focus on the deadline and panic because of it, is you have to read it carefully. You have to get legal advice. You have to make sure that it's appropriate. Because if you sign it because you were concerned about the deadline, then it's too late. Then you can go back and say, gosh darn it, I wish I I went and and got some legal advice Mm -hmm. last week instead of accepting this offer by the deadline. Forget about the deadline. It's irrelevant. Get advice. Make sure your offer is fair. If it is fair, accept it. If it's not, then guess what? We'll negotiate it and get it resolved. 
You know, I mean, you've made a career, obviously, about uh, dealing with offers that are are just not fair. They're inadequate offers, as you call them. So why don't employers just offer the proper severance and be done with it? And, you know, know, it does sound like I'm being hard on employers sometimes. But you remember, I spent a lot of my time also working with and acting for employers. Uh, And so let me give you my thoughts as to why 90%, over 90% of people are offered inadequate severance. There's two reasons. The number one reason I actually find is because a lot of employers don't, in fact, know what their own obligations are Mm. to their employees. They're not being bad. They're not being deceitful. They simply don't know. They believe that they uh, only owe this much where, in fact, they are owed a lot more. I had a call actually on Friday from an individual who is about to be let go, and his employer told him, well, I'm going to give you your severance letter, but it's going to be very small, just so you know, because we have a small payroll. We're a small company, so we don't have to pay you the same as a big company. No. That's nonsense. That's not true at all. Small, big, regardless of the size of the payroll, your full entitlements are going to be the same. So employers often don't know any better. And many individuals assume, well, if my employer is letting me go, they must know. So if my severance offer says I'm, I should be getting eight weeks' pay, well, the employer probably knows know. what they're doing. Yeah. So that's probably fair. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. So that's number one reason. And the other reason is the flip side of that. Probably the opposite of that is a lot of employers may, in fact, know what they're owed, but they hope the employee may not know or may not realize or may be too intimidated to get some legal advice. Right. So they'll offer severance offers that are inadequate in the hopes that they can get away with Just it. Try to save a few shackles, Absolutely. try and get them out the door. Yeah, yeah I think I should pay uh, John six months of severance, but let's offer him three because he probably is not going to know any better and accept it. And once he accepts it, hey, Done. guess what? Done. You're free and clear. Uh, so so yeah. on those basis, for those two reasons, most people get inadequate severance. Uh, and, and sometimes it could be a legitimate dispute. An employer may think that it should be one amount where the employee thinks it's a different amount. But 90% of people, and I do this all day, every single day, I've been doing this and only this for 13 years, and I can tell you 90% of people are not only looking at an inadequate severance. I'm not talking about inadequate to the tune of a couple thousand dollars. I'm talking inadequate to the tune usually of tens of thousands of We're talking of gravy here. So you've got to get it looked at. Uh, okay, so someone has a, an offer that is inadequate. It's not good. They want to get it improved. Uh, how difficult is it to do that? And, and that is always the number one question. Most people that don't get legal advice don't get legal advice because they're concerned it's going to be too hard, too long, too expensive mm-hmm. to do something about it. So what's the point if it's going to be long, hard, and expensive? And, and that's you know very frustrating for me because if properly handled, forget about long, hard, and expensive. It could be quick. It could be straightforward. It could be non-adversarial and not expensive at all. It's easy to improve. Most cases, we simply negotiate. It could be as simple as exchanging a letter uh, or sending a letter back and forth. It does not have to be more complicated than that. Even if legal action is required, which is the exception, not the rule, even if legal action is required in the vast majority of cases, it's very straightforward and very very quick. Unlike other legal actions, you know, a personal injury case, for example, yep. may take a long time uh, and, and, and you know, can be more, more difficult. But an employment case, very straightforward. So if you're wondering whether you should get legal advice, but you're concerned about uh, the process, don't be. Give me a call. I can explain it to you. It's very straightforward. And you know what? If you give me a call and you decide, I'm not going to pursue it, that's fine. But at least you'll find out what your entitlements are, and then you can make a decision. Got a couple calls coming through. Hang on the line, guys. We'll get to you. Lior, the number he mentioned is one 855 to contact him directly. Want to talk more about this and uh, termination without cause and getting the proper severance right here in the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Yeah, I like those phone lines lit up. Let's They're do coming it. in. Let's do it, friends. we got uh, Jack on line one. Hello, Jack. Hey, how you doing today? Good, pal. What's going on? You got a uh, question for Lior? I do. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. 
love the show. I listen to it all the time. Thank I've you. had a question uh, looming for the last year. Uh, a year ago, well, a little less than a year ago, I was working for an employer, uh, permanent part-time. I did about, I did 40 hours a week, but they always said I was permanent part-time. It was a retail environment, and uh, they would have incentives where we would get gift cards. The gift cards were really no good to me, so I decided to sell them to a friend. And then that friend used the gift cards. Well, the employer uh, informed the OPP, and they said that I was using the gift card fraudulently, or it wasn't mine to sell. So the employer let me go, and the police uh, brought a charge against me, which unfortunately is still uh, running around the court system. I haven't come to a resolve on it. But I'm wondering, am, am I, uh, were they required to pay me any severance? They never did. Uh, Jack, thanks for your question. So let me talk about the severance issue. I mean, I'm not going to comment about the, the, the criminal charges, but in terms no, of, of sev- yeah, sure. In terms of the, the severance aspect, your, your employer is then taking the position, of course, that uh, you, you use these gift cards improperly, that you try to profit for something you're not entitled to profit. And in this case, I, I'm going to tell you that I think that this, what you did probably does amount to cause in the sense that these were for you to use as a perk to you. They were not something that was intended to be given or, or, or used Sold. to your advantage and to, for, to profit. I can see the employer losing some confidence in you in that situation. Uh, I think ultimately that probably would amount to cause, uh, and irrespective of whether it's a criminal matter. So I, I'm going to tell you that I don't think this is a, a severance situation, Jack. Okay, no problem. I appreciate the information. Like I said, it was just it was uh, it's one of those things that was running around in my head, and I thought, mm-hmm. hey, I'll call in and I'll ask. Thanks Perfect. So like, uh, you're, uh, you're welcome, Jack. Good to clear that up. Yeah, that's a, that's a first phone call we've had of that uh, that nature. Interesting. They've got uh, line two. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Okay. I'm, I don't have a question. I'm just calling to say thank you. I listened to your show back in January and wasn't sure if I had a case. And your company took my case. And I want to say thank you for getting me a very nice settlement. And to anybody else out there, I don't work for you, but it's worth making a phone call. <laughs> Jeff, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. And, wow. and you know, I, I think that the message here is pick up the phone. It, it's a very easy call to make. And, yep. you know, I'm pretty easy to talk to. And, and I have 12 lawyers that work with me and for me at my firm. They're just as easy to talk to. Uh, and I, I try to give people information. Whatever you want to do with it, it's up to you. But if you don't make the call, if you don't pick up the phone, you know, you, you, you're ultimately going to be hurting yourself. Off air anytime, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior. We were talking about just before the break. Uh, calculating some severance. Now, I know we'll hit this again before the, uh, the top of the hour at 2 o'clock the severancepaycalculator.com. Very easy tool to go on there, punch in some basic information, and you can get a pretty uh, pretty uh, accurate uh, number of what your severance would be. Right? Yeah, I, I can say, you know, we, we launched a severance calculator last November, November of 2013, so it's been about a year now. And I can tell you, it's really changed the way uh, people look at severance, people, uh, people uh, treat severance. Now everyone has the information, the information that before you'd have to go to a lawyer, the, inf- the information that you know, people were afraid to call a lawyer for is available, it's accessible for free, it's simple. Anyone can go to severancepaycalculator.com, input three pieces of information, how long you worked, how old you are, the type of job, you don't have to put in your name or anything like that, it's completely anonymous, and then it simply tells you how many months compensation you're owed. Uh, it's a very, very neat tool. You can then take that and compare that with what you've been offered and see if it's adequate. Or maybe you just wanted to know because you're concerned at some point the employer is going to want to make a change and let you go. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You find out. If you want, you can contact me afterwards. You can press the button there and it'll contact me. 
but it's a great, great tool. It really is uh, is a, a neat thing that uh, we use now. And people, I, I think I've, I've said last week, over 50,000 people have That's used crazy. it. Wow, right? Not, not 50,000 times, over 50,000 separate people uh, have used it over the past year. It's unbelievable. So I'm very proud of it. And I encourage everyone to go to severancepaycalculator.com right now and check it out. Eli, line one, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good, sir. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. I do. Quick question. Lior, uh, for self-employed or subcontractors, realtors, whatever, um, well, I'm, I'm just curious here. Well, what's the uh, issues with that? I mean, if they leave or whatever the case is, uh, dismissal or anything like that, is there any uh, recourse for them or is there? do they have any options or not really? Thanks, Eli. So let me answer that as best I can. Uh, ultimately, the question is the, the type of relationship between the subcontractor and the company. So let, what do I mean? If the person works, the subcontractor works exclusively for a company or worked there for a long time and they use the company's tools and materials and they work out of the company's offices uh, and, and they use the name of the company in conducting the business, they're going to be either, in the eyes of the law, either employees or a dependent contractor, which means that if the relationship ends, they're entitled to severance. On the other hand, if the subcontractor works for six companies, and this is just one of them, and he uses his own tools and materials, and he doesn't have hours, and he works from the road or from his home, then he's probably a real subcontractor. So if the relationship ends, there's probably going to be very limited or no obligation to pay severance. So it's a question of the reality on the ground. I don't care about titles. I don't care about whether you call yourself an independent contractor or a subcontractor or an employee. The question is, what is the actual relationship? And if it looks like an employment relationship, then it probably is an employment relationship, and then severance is owed. And that's the way it goes. You always say it's substance over form, right? Always, always, yeah. always. And yeah. and people think it's well. I'm you know I'm, I I just hired someone. I'm calling him a subcontractor or an independent contractor. That's it. That's all it means. I don't have to pay them anything. That couldn't be further from the truth. Do they do that to save on benefits and all that stuff? Is that why they try to yeah. attempt to call everybody a subcontractor? For several reasons. Number one, it's much easier to pay a subcontractor. You don't have to put them through payroll. You don't have to right. deduct taxes and remit to the government. You don't have to pay the employer's share of EI and CPP. So it's, it's actually easier. It's cheaper. Uh, and it allows uh, people, it uh, gives employers, I guess, the, the, the false uh, confidence that they can end the relationship without having to pay and severance. And walk away. And walk away just whenever they want. And in many cases, that's not the case. If it looks like an employee and it acts like an employee, it, it's what, John? An employee. An employee. I know you got the uh, severance pay calculator revved up on your, uh, on your, uh, your iPad there. Um, for instance, example right here, say you worked for, uh, for a year. You're the general manager of a store, say you're 45 years old. You get let go. How much severance do you get? Yeah, no, great question. So, you know, I, I want to always run a couple of scenarios because a lot of people listening to us are going to see that and say, okay, a year, 45 years old, whatever, a week, couple of weeks pay. Guess what? Not true. No. Uh, that, that fictitious example, between four to six months of severance. Okay. okay right there. Uh, and regardless of how much salary you're making, that's going to be a lot of money. You're uh, 55 years old, construction worker, because we always get calls from construction workers. You're 55 years old. Uh, you're a construction worker. You've worked with the company for... 30 years, what kind of severance you get? And a lot of people are going to say, a lot of employers are just going to hear this question, and they're going to say, ah, construction, guess what? No severance. Nothing, because construction doesn't get severance. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Construction does get severance. Not only that, construction gets the same severance as someone that's not in construction, okay? The same full severance. 
So in this case, 55 years old, construction worker, 30 years of service, probably somewhere between 18 to 24 months of severance that person gets. So not zero. Very, very important. And again, so the severance calculator could give you exactly the same information that I just gave you on the air. If you're uh, wondering about uh, what I was just throwing at Lior, you got your own scenario. You're just wondering, possibly you've been laid off or uh, not laid off or at least uh, let go. Uh, give us a call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. I know we can give you a, a quick assessment. Now, you mentioned it, so we might as well talk about a temporary layoff. What is a temporary layoff? Yeah, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we'll talk about temporary layoff. We didn't get to it last week because uh, we had a lot of calls. But here's, here's what a temporary layoff is and a lot of what the least people believe that it is. A temporary layoff is a situation where the employer uh, effectively suspends a person's employment or lets them go temporarily with the idea or with the hope that at some point they're going to bring them back. So it's not a permanent situation. We're not letting you go so long never to see you again. The idea is maybe the business is a bit slow. Maybe things are not going the way we want it, but we're hoping it's going to get better. So we're going to bring you back in the future. And the question always is, well, can the employer do that, right? right? Well, the answer is, the short answer is, well, no, they can't. Okay, and, and this is going to shock a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people think that there's a right to lay off someone temporarily, but there is not, John. A temporary layoff is a termination. That means that a temporary layoff does result in a situation where an employee can require the employer to pay them severance. There's no right to lay off someone temporarily, even if the employer plans on calling back. So in most cases, if you've been laid off temporarily, you have a choice. You can sit at home and wait mm-hmm. uh, and, and hope the employer calls you back. And that's fine if that's what you want. That's nothing wrong with that. Or you can say, no, I'm going to treat my employment as being at an end, get my severance now, and then move on and find another job. You have that option. You have that right. And employers should know they do not have the right to lay off temporarily. We'll talk more about that after a short break. I want to contact Lior uh, personally, one 855 Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Calling now would be excellent advice. We'll get back into uh, more discussion on temporary layoffs, but always callers come first. Hello, Anne. How are you? Hi there. I'm fine. Um, just a quick question because this whole thing of severance, I don't quite. Okay, anyway, my husband was contracted to a company, worked for two years, same company, used their tools, their uniforms, everything. The only difference is the, um, he was contracted out by an agency that contracts people out. Yeah. So they, they, the payment was through them rather than the company worked for, if you understand what I'm saying. I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, and and so, that, so that the fact that he worked through an agency doesn't change the analysis. Here's my question, though. So was there a, a document that he signed either, uh, well, at some point, that made it a fixed-term arrangement? In other words, was it a two-year contract with a fixed end no. date? No. They did the first one year. Yes. And he signed, and then when they continued it, he signed again, but he was always working. But did he know that the contract is going to end on a particular date? No. Okay. So so the, here's the answer then, Anne. If he didn't get notice, in other words, if he didn't sign a contract for, uh, up until a specific date, they simply decided not to continue working with him anymore, then absolutely he's owed severance. He's a two-year employee. And how old uh, was your husband at the time? He's uh, 52. Okay. So he's probably going to be looking somewhere between four to six uh, months of severance, depending on his specific job. Uh, absolutely, he's owed severance. The fact that he was treated as an independent contractor or a subcontractor, the fact that he was hired through an agency does not change the analysis. And so I would very much encourage you or your husband to give me a call off air. Let's talk about that. Let me find out a bit more information. And certainly, if you want, I can easily help you get that severance. And that's okay, even though he already started on unemployment, he can still get severance? Yes, he can. 
And I'm oh, going to give wow. I'll give you the number and 1-855-821-5900 okay. again 1-855-821-5900 get to uh, Pedro. Hello Pedro. Hey, uh, you know what? I think the you answer, you probably answered the the question from from the last caller but uh, I was just calling out uh, my my wife is a, a midwife. Yep. And uh, the way that they work it's um, they're considered independent contractors uh, but they get paid from the Ministry of Health. Uh, so the Ministry of Health uh, basically forwards the pay to the clinic uh, that they practice out of. Right. And um, I think I know the answer now from your last caller, but uh, if their contract were to end, so for instance, their contract is renewed on a yearly or, or, or uh, every two years. So if their contract were to end and they decide not to re-sign um, the, 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 the practitioner, the midwife, uh, I'm guessing they're not eligible for severance. Now, how many contracts were there? Was it just one contract that ended, or was there, you know, five contracts, six contracts? Uh, three, three contracts. So there were th- there were three contracts, and eventually, yeah. after the third one, they decided not to go to a fourth one. Yes. Okay. So in that situation, given the fact there were three, depending on how those three came about, so if if they were negotiated every year with different terms, it's possible that she's not entitled to anything. But if effectively they kind of just rolled over then yes, she would be entitled to severance. She would potentially be entitled to be considered as a regular full-time person. So the question is then, you know, if they were renewed automatically, if they just rolled over, she's probably going to be entitled to severance. And after three years, I think, or so, uh, it could be as much as six months of compensation. So I would definitely want to talk to you or or your wife off air and and find out more about those past contracts. I'd actually even like to see them. Mm -hmm. And on that basis, I can tell you for sure if she gets severance. But it's, it's certainly looking promising. Pedro, that number, uh, again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Got a time for another call. I think we'll get to Lily. Hello, Lily. Hi. How are you? Good. Okay, you got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, my question is, uh, like some departments, they still have their 35 hours, but it's only my department is only working 35 hour, 32 hours, almost over five years. So what is, like, uh, like is that right for the company to do that way, or, like, what do I do? Uh, first of all, uh, Louis, are you part of a union? No, okay. unfortunately, no. So uh, here's the answer. Ultimately, the company doesn't have to... Be uh, to, to be equal in the same in the sense that they can uh, cut hours or change hours to different people different times. There's no obligation to say, well, we're going to spread it out evenly. The question is really, with respect to you, is how much our, uh, how much your hours are being changed? If they're being changed in a significant way, what's that? Yeah, three hours a week. Three hours a week. So, and, and from from I guess forty to thirty-seven, or, or a different amount. No, just uh, from thirty-five to thirty-two. Okay. And when did this happen? Uh, almost uh, over five years. Okay. Over four years I've been lived. So, unfortunately, now you can't do much about that. At the time when it happened, you you may have been able to say, guess what, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal and get the company to pay you severance. Because it happened back then, there's not much you can do now to go back to it. So remember, whenever there's a change in compensation or change in hours, the employee does not have to accept that. They may accept it, or if it's a significant enough change, they can say, I'm not going to accept it, I'm going to leave, and require you, employer, to pay me severance. But they have to do it with some haste. Yes, and, and right. they, by the way, no one should ever resign like that without speaking to me first. I don't want that's, people just yeah, no resigning kidding. because they I'm not them. doing it, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, no. We, <laughs> that's a major step. You yeah. always have to get legal advice. Get to one more before we break. Hello, Mike. Hello. How are you, pal? Not bad, thanks. I got okay. a question for Lior. Sure. Uh, I've been working for this company for, you know, since 1990. 
And um, last uh, few years, I was always given layoff in um, winter time. Yes. Uh, and since the, uh, I guess I was a senior in there, and uh, but lots of people uh, they were after me hired in there, and they kept working. I was given the layoff, and I was told, ah, you don't need it. You can uh, you can stay home for a while. And so I took off. Anyway, last time I was laid off in 2012, in October, and I was called back in April, and I was working until September uh, 25th uh, on 2013. And I was given uh, layoff since then for a purpose of employment insurance, I guess, and uh, separation on it as a shortage of work. And since then, uh, I know he hired uh, lots of new employees, and I wasn't called back. So, so just so I'm clear, Mike, so since September of 2013, you have not been back to work? No. Okay. And uh, you're not part of a union? Uh, no, no. This is an independent contractor, uh, you know, like a, a contracting company uh, construction. I understand. Okay, got it. Now I, I'm clear with you. So, so I'm going to make this very clear, Mike. You are now entitled to severance. No question, full stop. There's nothing that the company can do legally to avoid paying you severance. And if you've been there for 24 years uh, you, and, and you're in construction, and how old are you, Mike? Uh, 67 now. Well, yeah, you would be looking at probably 24 months of severance. It's a big deal, Mike. So, so you, you really do need to talk to me uh, off air because you are entitled to severance. And the good news is it's not going to be difficult at all. Mm to get this for you. So please, please give me a call off, off air. I'm easily going to be able to help you get this uh, com- uh, resolved. Mike, that number is 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Love helping people on this show. Lots more to come. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Well, it's the way we like to, uh, to roll on this show. You'll want to give us a call. Hello, Peter. How are you doing, guys? Good. What's up? I'll get to the point. Uh, last week, I guess Monday, my wife came home and said she got laid off. Um, and they basically, she's been there at the company for just three or four months shy of two years. Yep. Uh, they said it wasn't based on performance. It was based on uh, restructuring. Mm-hmm. Um, and they offered her six weeks severance plus whatever vacation uh, was occurred. And um, Peter, how old is your wife? Uh, 41. And what kind of job? What was she doing there? Uh, project um, project uh, coordinating. Approximately, what, kind of, what kind of salary, approximately? Uh, about 50. Okay. So unless she signed a contract of employment at some point that limits the amount of severance that she's owed, she'd be looking at three to four months of severance. Okay? So not six okay. weeks. Uh, six weeks is, is probably just about half or just shy of half of what she's owed. The only okay. way it would be different, Peter, is if she signed a contract that says otherwise. So okay. very, very simple. I would want to talk to you or your wife off air so I can, first of all, look at the termination letter, find out if she signed the contract and, and see what it says. And on that basis, I can tell you for sure if she's owed more. And if she is, I'll tell you how we can go about getting it. Okay. And uh, just out of curiosity, what would be the, um, how long of a time span would that be if, if she was um, able to get that? What, what, what kind of a time span between the court systems? or a negotiation system between... A matter, a matter like this, Peter, because it's straightforward, should resolve in a couple of weeks. Very oh, really? sensitive. Absolutely. Yeah, I would be shocked if it, yeah. if it isn't. It's, it's probably just a letter would do the trick, a couple of weeks. Okay, great. That's great news. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, the information. You got it, Peter. That number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I'd like to repeat it. People got to know it. one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 Got uh, Rick. Hello, Rick. Hi there. How are you? Good, sir. What's up? Good. 
Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, it, I was under the impression that um, to be entitled to uh, severance, uh, one would have had to have worked for an employer for um, five years, and they would have to have a payroll of, uh, I believe it's $2.5 million or more. Uh, annual payroll. Um, so is that uh, is that not the uh, is that not the case or? Well, Rick, I really like I really like this question because that's one of the things we talked about right at the top of the show about a lot of misconceptions. So to make it simple, that's absolutely not true at all. What it is that what that's true about is only with respect to a person's minimum entitlements. Their minimum entitlements may depend on how long they work or the size of the payroll. But a person's full entitlements are completely and utterly unrelated to the size of the payroll. In other words, my full severance is going to be the same whether I work for the corner grocery store or I work for the biggest corporation in the, in the country. My full severance is going to be the same, and it's going to be based on the length of my employment, my age, and my position. So those minimum entitlements, forget about them. They're not relevant. Okay, so, so length of employment has got absolutely nothing to... Uh, nothing well, length to. of employment is one of the three factors, length, age, position, and length of employment. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with the size of the payroll. The only way to find out your full entitlements, again, you give me a call, you can use uh, the severance calculator. But no, the size of the payroll is irrelevant. Those are only with respect to a person's minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. And their minimum entitlements are just a, a tiny fraction of their full one, so I don't really care about them. You want to check it out, Rex, severancepaycalculator.com is a good place to start. We'll get to Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm really excited to get your feedback on this, actually. So um, in January 2012, um, I started my employment as a district manager with a small privately owned company. Um, a few months after that, we were acquired by a large pharmaceutical company. And uh, so at the time that I was a, uh, with the privately owned company, I was a district manager. I was promoted through this acquisition to national sales manager. So I'm sort of managing the whole country now. So middle management kind of thing. Um, at that time that I signed the, the employment contract, um, I also signed a document that said all of my current employment um, uh, contract, all of the details that I originally signed in January 2012 remained unchanged. Since then, there are a couple of those elements that have just arbitrarily been changed without any sort of former conversation or negotiation. And so those elements are our, our annual bonus was cut from 25% to 15%. And I've now been mandated, my, my whole team, as a matter of fact, has been mandated to come into the office five days a week, whereas in my contract it currently states I'm to come into the office one to two days per week because my position is field-based. Right. So uh, I don't anticipate um, at this point in time that I'm going to be let go or receive a severance package, but that's sort of been the norm for a couple of years now through all of these acquisitions. So okay. um, I guess my question is, what is my recourse? If, if I am um, let go and do receive a severance package, do those changed elements come into play at all? Yeah, no, great, great question, Rebecca. Thank you for that. Now, let me give you some thoughts here, first of all. Uh, when, because, as you say, these changes are, are changes that, that are not in, in line with your contract of employment. They change the terms of your employment uh, relationship with your employer. Uh, they may, in fact, result or could be treated 
as a constructive dismissal potentially. So if now you're making less money because instead of a 25% bonus, you're getting 15%. Now you also have to completely rework, your, re, redo your work week because you have to come into the office five days a week instead of once. So right. you may be able to say, well, wait a second, these are changes are so significant, okay, that I, I can leave now and treat my employment as being at an end and make you, my employer, pay me severance. Now, that's something if you wanted to talk about, we can. Something tells me that's probably not going to be an attractive option. You you'd probably would rather continue working. If that's the case, your other question to me was, uh, well, what happens if they want to let me go? If they let you go, they owe you severance. But remember, the severance now is going to be have to cal- be calculated on the basis of your current compensation. So if now you're making uh, less money because they've changed the terms unilaterally, so let's say instead of a hundred thousand, just as an example, you're now making eighty thousand. Your severance, let's say it's six months of severance, is going to be calculated on the basis of eighty thousand. So those changes right. are in fact uh, significant, and they may impact you longer term which is why in some situations it may be better to treat employment as being uh, constructively dismissed. In other words, you may, be, you, you may rather be terminated now and maybe get your severance on the basis of your full compensation than be terminated a month later and only get severance on the basis of your reduced compensation. Uh, right. Ultimately, if you've been there since uh, January 2012 in a senior position, unless a contract of employment says otherwise, you'd easily be looking at six months severance, potentially more, potentially as much as eight or nine months. Uh, again, that could be changed by way of a contract of employment, potentially. But remember what I said, you don't necessarily have to accept these changes. And if you think you don't want to, that's when we need to sit down and have a bit of, more of an in-depth discussion. Okay. Okay. Right. Rebecca, that okay. number again. Oh, I just smoked her. one 821 5900 She'll get the number. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior. We'll take a couple more phone calls here as we get into uh, our last segment here in the Employment Hour and Talk Radio, AM640 and AM900 CHML. The Employment Hour here, anytime outside of show hours. If we're complete the show, you still want to get a hold of Lior. You can do so at one 821 5900 and Lior. At uh, employmenthour.com, we will get to the phone lines. And Gez, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, yes. Um, I love your um, show. Thank um, you. Uh, my question is, is the company is actually, it's, um, it's a bigger company, it's about 500 people. And right now it's going to just under 100,000. So, I mean, the, the businesses, I see the business is just going down and down. What I heard was, is um, um, if the company, Company capital is if it is under two million, um, they're not allowed or they're not obligated to pay severance. Is that true or not? Completely wrong, guys. Absolutely, absolutely, and one hundred percent wrong. If the the only there's only one ob, uh, one thing that triggers severance, and that is a company letting an employee go. If a company lets an employee go. That company has to pay severance. It doesn't matter if their payroll is $2 or $200 million. They still have to pay severance. So if you're one of these people that are losing your job or your colleagues, you guys need to call me. You guys get severance, all of you. And depending on how long you've worked there, it could be a huge amount that legally is owed to you. So please give me a call. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. The number is one 855 And we got to Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you? Good. What's up? Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Well, I've listened and listened and listened to your show, and I keep, you know, saying I should call them. Today, I finally did. Good. I, I was uh, uh, let go four years ago. Actually, not let go. The company closed. 
the owner, his sole proprietor, uh, he sold the business, got himself a management contract with the new company, gave everybody eight weeks severance, I mean, eight weeks notice and no severance. I was the plant manager. I worked there almost 31 years, uh, let go at almost 58 years old. I sued. Uh, I was also told the two and a half million story about the payroll, but I sued was awarded approximately uh, two years salary because my age and tenure and uh, he basically said if you can find it you can have it and then the one thing my lawyer did which may have been a mistake he only sued the company and didn't sue the owner and then with almost a year to the date uh, after being uh, the company closing uh, the owner died oh, I see and so I kind of felt, well, my case died. My, you know, I, I lost my case again now, you know, like while he was alive and again when he was dead. So. Right. so so, thank you, Steve. So ultimately, yes. I mean, obviously, as you've heard me say on the show today, uh, two years is what you would have, in fact, been owed. The fact that the company may have had a payroll of, of whatever the amount is, is irrelevant. And clearly eight weeks for you was nonsense. So, yes, you got... Or uh, awarded what you should have gotten, which is two years' pay. The thing is, of course, the, you literally cannot get blood from a stone. So, for someone to pay you severance, there has to be someone to pay it, or there has to be money to pay it with. Uh, now, in some situations, if the company is closed down and the owner of the company has disposed of assets, maybe he's sold the equipment equipment to his friends or or, or uh, depleted the values of the company, you may in fact be able to sue the or to to start legal action against the owner of the company personally for disposing of the assets in the way that hurts you. Now, I don't know if that's what happened here. But generally speaking, your legal recourse, if you've been wrongfully dismissed, is to go after the company, uh, and the company has to have the ability to pay, Or because if, if they don't, again, you're, you're, you're literally trying to get blood from a stone. I'm sorry about your situation. I think in this case, after all these years, there's probably not much that you can do about it now. Mm-hmm. That's, you've had longer cases than that, people phone out. They need to be aware about that two years. Yeah, right? and there's a two-year limitation period. If you lost your job, you only have two years from that day to pursue it. Not two years in a day, not three years, two years flat. Tell me about uh, TerminationQuestions.com. Uh, yeah, so uh, TerminationQuestions.com. So I'm here on the weekend, John, every weekend answering questions. I've answered probably about a dozen or so today, uh, but only on the weekend. But I'm available otherwise, and you can go to TerminationQuestions.com. You can post a question on that website anonymously. I will answer it right there and then within minutes, uh, give you a full answer and, and, and whatever information you want. Not just about termination, anything to do with employment. We call it terminationquestions.com. You can go to it right now if you want. Uh, and it's a really neat tool. And if you, if you go and you, you look through the old questions, there's probably been a few hundred questions that I've already answered. And we only launched the website, I think, about two months ago, maybe a bit less than that. Uh, and a couple hundred questions already answered. So go there now, terminationquestions.com. Again, it's all about getting people information and access to information. Let me get uh, a couple emails came through while you, were, uh, while you were talking there. How about this? Ben and Oldfield says, I've been given, uh, given notice of termination, but I would rather get severances or anything I can do. Yeah, and, you know, interesting common question that I get. A lot of employees get notice of termination. So I'm telling you today that your employment ends in six months, two months, whatever it is. Uh, in most cases, that employee isn't, uh, isn't entitled to severance as long as they got proper notice. Mm-hmm. So the first question is whether they got proper notice, because if not, they may still get severance on the back end. Usually, though, if proper notice is fine, the only thing you could do is tell your employer, hey, guess what, employer? Uh, what if we just part ways now and I'll leave and you pay me severance instead? If the employer agrees, that's fine. If not, there's not much you can do. 
you have to work out your notice uh, and then but again you want to always make sure that proper notice is given in many cases proper notice is not given which means you still get severance at the end of it we get to one more here before we wrap up for this uh, this show Doreen says uh, what should I do if the performance improvement plan that I was given is completely unfair yeah and you know very common questions you think everything is going well you have done nothing wrong you've got good performance reviews up until now and now all of a sudden you're hit you're 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 hit with a what we call a pip a performance improvement plan uh, that says you've done all these things wrong and you, you don't know what, what happens with that. Now, ultimately, an employer may use that as a means to try to potentially push the employee out, potentially even to try to let them go for cause, i.e. without severance. So what do you do in that situation? The most important thing to do is to put your position on the record. It cannot be seen or, or considered that you've agreed and accepted what's in the performance improvement plan. If you don't agree with what's in there, if you don't think you've done those things wrong that the employers alleged you've done wrong, then tell them that in writing. I'm not saying to do it in a nasty way or in a disrespectful way. But absolutely, you want to go on the record and say, here's why I don't agree with this. Here's what actually did happen. Put that position in writing. What you're doing by, by um, doing that is you're making it very difficult, probably impossible, for the employer to let you go for cause. Uh, and either you've, you've prolonged your relationship with the employer or at least you've assured yourself that you will get severance if your employment comes to an end. Another show chock full of information, my friend. We'll wrap it for another week. Lior at employmenthour.com, 1-855-821-5900. And always uh, severancepaycalculator.com and terminationquestions.com for lots more information. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.